On the evening of me heading on my way over to the Winter Bixie Conference, I find myself reflecting on the importance of investing in yourself. And I'm not talking about stock tips. Don't hang up that phone. We've found what you're looking for. Welcome to the Let's Talk Cabling Podcast with Chuck Bowser, RCDD. What exactly does RCDD stand for? Registered Communications Distribution Designer. Just the expert you need to ensure your cable plant performs exactly as designed. Now, send the new guy to the truck for a bucket of dial tone and the cable stretchers while you listen to an informative program on telecommunications. Welcome to the show where we tackle the tough questions submitted by installers, project managers, estimators, IT personnel, and even customers. On this show, we connect at the human level so that we can connect the world. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube and you like this content, please hit the subscribe button and then the bell button to be notified when new shows are being published. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or some other podcast platform, would you mind leaving us a rating, hopefully a five-star rating? Both of these steps help us take on the algorithm so more people can hear our message. Also, don't forget our After Hours series we broadcast live on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you could submit your questions to be answered by your favorite RCDD. That would be me on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and now also TikTok. If you missed the live broadcast, don't worry, they are recorded for later consumption. So send your questions to questions at letstalkcabling.com. Also, Make sure to check out our webpage. There you'll find all of our recorded podcasts, vlogs, and articles. You can even sign up for our newsletter and ways to support the learning platform, either through Patreon, Amazon links, or even donations through PayPal. This platform is free and will always remain free. One of the most frequent questions I get as a trainer and a host of a podcast and vlog that covers the low-voltage industry is, should I get a certification or not? And if I get one, which one should I get? Now, this question only scratches the surface. You really need to dig deeper. You need a multi-approach to assure that you have a successful and fulfilling career. How do you define those parameters? Is as unique to you as the clothes that you chose to wear this morning? It is my opinion that there are two areas where you can put in time and energy that you're going to see a a return on your investment far beyond what you've ever dreamed. And those two areas are education and mentorship. First, I mentioned was education. There is no clear-cut definition or path for everyone. The path for everyone is different. You can seek out a formal education, trade education, or even be a self-taught student. The formal education typically means attending some type of secondary school after completing your high school education. Again, there are many paths here as well, and you have to be some are pretty frugal, and others you can end up with a debt that could even equal to the price of your house. According to U.S. News, the average cost for a four-year degree can range from ten thousand three hundred dollars for a public institution as an in-state student to thirty-eight thousand dollars as a private institution. I would not recommend the path for a four-year degree, like I went for mine. I took out student loans, and while I feel that I did get education and I learned many things. I wish I'd taken a different route. I know a young man who did far better than I did. 
He excelled in school and he took many college courses for free, I might add, while he was still in high school. When he graduated from high school, he was just a few credits shy of his AA degree on top of his high school diploma. Now, during his final year in high school, his senior year in high school, he spent a lot of time trying to obtain scholarships, and he did obtain some partial scholarships. And while they did not pay for the large portion of his education, it did give him the flexibility when it came to scheduling his classes. He only took the classes that he could afford by paying cash. He ended up with a four-year degree with absolutely no debt. While a formal education is not for everyone, it does help some. It just kind of depends on what your aspirations are. If you are seeking a position in management, then this path will certainly get you in the door and give you the opportunity to put your presentation in front of a potential employer. But just because that you got a degree, though, doesn't mean you're automatically going to get that job. If you do take this route, I do recommend that you pick a major that will help you with your four-year degree. My niece has a four-year degree in aviation, and she works as a manager in hospitality. I bet you she would probably tell you that her degree has very little impact in her current duties in hospital in hospitality management. The beautiful thing about the low-voltage industry, or construction industry in general, is you don't need to have a degree to have a well-paid career. While entry-level wages may not necessarily be attractive to some, if you, if you apply some of the concepts which we discuss here today, your salary will increase pretty quickly. I personally know of several technicians in lead roles across the United States that make anywhere between ninety dollars and $110,000 a year when you factor in their overtime. There is one trait that each of these technicians have in common, and they've invested in themselves. That means that they are constant learners. They never stay satisfied with the status quo. While this may work in other industries, maintaining the status quo, such as the carpet industry, because the way you laid carpet 20 years ago is the same way you laying carpet today. You see, our industry is tied to the hip to the computer industry. The computer industry is driven by Moore's Law. Gordon Moore was a co-founder at Intel, and he observed that the number of transistors on a microchip doubles about every two years, although the cost of computers are halved. This results in exponential growth for microcomputers, and that means exponential growth in cabling for those computers. Just in my span of this career, I went from installing networks like 10 megabit speeds to networks now that can do 40 gigabit over copper medium. We went from installing a cable with very little twist called POTS cabling, plain old telephone service cabling, to now installing CAT6A, CAT7, and even Category 8. This mandates that the people installing the cable not only have to step up their game, but they also have to be lifelong learners, especially now with power over Ethernet, smart buildings, power over Ethernet lighting architecture, just to name a few of the technologies that are coming out. You see, the practices that we used to do while installing that old POTS cabling would severely impact the performance of current, current day high performance cabling. The successful installer needs to be taught whether that comes from self-taught endeavors or certifications, or even potentially a mentor. Just like the discussion about the formal education, the path here is just as diverse. The cheapest way is to be a self-taught learner or even have a mentor. Being self-taught, though, is going to require that you have drive and devotion. The best thing to do is the immersion style of learning. And by that, I mean 
Think about the last time that you jumped into a new hobby, something that you'd never done before, and you were excited to learn anything and everything about that hobby. You would search the internet. You would watch YouTube videos. You would download podcasts about that subject matter. Your mind was a sponge. You just could not satisfy that hunger for knowledge about that new hobby. The same applies for being a self-taught technician. You have to have that same hunger, that same desire to learn every day in this industry because this industry is always evolving. Now, the great news is there's many ways that this can be accomplished in today's environment. There is free webinars like those produced by Cable Installation and Maintenance Magazine, Manufacturers, and even Bright Talk. These resources will typically serve you well as most are recognized by experts by our industry. I would also recommend using YouTube, but with a word of caution. Before you invest your limited resources of time watching YouTube videos, evaluate the authority of that content maker. If I wanted to watch, if I wanted to learn how to terminate a new style jack, I would look up the YouTube channel by that manufacturer, right? Because I, I place a higher value of content on that channel over one that's by another channel that's about networking, and they just happen to have one episode on how to terminate that new style of jack. Okay, evaluate your sources. The disadvantage of this route is typically there's not a clear documented trail that you've acquired those skills. In our industry, documentation is king. It will save your project from going under to help you making more money. You need to have the same skills as someone else who obtained their certification, but in the eyes of the company, they may not give you equal weight because when it comes to the evaluation, you don't have that documentation. Is this fair? No but neither is life, so get over it. Another challenge will come to you is the time it's going to take to pursue this self-taught route. It's going to require that you put in the time on the evenings and the weekends after working all day on the job site, even when you're tired, even when your spouse wants to go out on a date, even when the kids are just begging for your attention. Now, balance is going to be your goal here, but remember, you're working towards a larger goal, and that goal is learning. If you're learning more, you're going to make more money. Making more money, you might be able to get a higher position. And in the end, you might have more time for those essential parts of your life. The other route is certification. The advantage with certification is it provides you with that documentation that the employers want to see. Now, there are more reputable certifications, at least for our industry, though have at least two components. Those are knowledge and hands-on applications. The other advantage with certifications is there's usually a clear path to obtain them. You will want to do your research, decide, and pursue that certification. Don't just suffer from that analysis paralysis, and you know who you are. Analysis paralysis is when you research to the point where you don't make a decision. As my old supervisor would say, make a decision. Right, wrong, or no, make a decision. Now, the time investment may initially be more intense than the, than the self-taught, but it's going to go quicker. And there is a certain amount of pride that goes along with having obtained your certification. The disadvantage of certifications is they're going to cost more money. More money that's put out for that certification will be dwarfed, though, by the additional money that you're going to make over the lifespan of your career. It will far outweigh how much you pay for that certification. I will always recommend that you pursue a certification. Which certification depends on your individual career path, and that's going to be different for everybody listening to this episode. So where do you get the funds to obtain your certification? There are several avenues here as well. 
If you work for a company that not only values training, like Vision Technologies or E2 Optics, right, they may pay you for your certification. But they will expect some concessions, though. They're going to may, maybe say that you have to sign a training agreement where you can be contractually stipulated that you have to remain with that company for a period of time. That if you have leave before that period of time happens, then you're going to have to reimburse that company for some or all of the training expenses. This is a win-win scenario for both the people and the companies. If you have the financial ability, you can also pay for your own certification. I know of one individual whom I hope to meet this week while I'm at Bixie, who used their tax refund to pay for him and his family to come to Orlando for a vacation and attend the Bixie Winter Conference. That individual is investing in himself, and he's going to go a long way in this industry. One important thing that needs to be covered is the debate over certification versus non-certification. Just because you get a certification does not mean you are better than somebody else. There are many people in this industry who have skills far beyond you and who just did not get their certification for whatever reasons. Remember, certification is documentation to a potential employer or client that you've shown the skills and the knowledge to an independent third party. That takes away one more decision that that employer or client's going to have to make. On the flip side, if you're one of those non-certified people, keep an open mind you may just learn something from that certified person. Remember, learning is about attitude, and the mind is like a parachute. It only functions when it's open. The other component that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode was mentorship. Now, Wikipedia defines mentorship as influence, guidance, and direction given by a mentor. A mentor is someone who teaches or gives help or advice to a person with less experience, usually a younger person, in an organized setting. A mentor influences the personal and professional growth of a mentee. No matter where you are in your journey, seek out a mentor. Find someone who has achieved the position or the certification that you desire and, now this is important, is a recognized good or excellent performer. Picking the right mentor is paramount to a successful relationship, so do your research and choose carefully. When you are looking for a mentor, there are some traits and consistencies that you will want to be defined beforehand. First, find a mentor who will give you feedback and guidance in a positive manner. This mentor, through their feedback, should shape your journey as a technician, a project manager, or an estimator, or whatever role it is that you're seeking. Make sure that you meet consistently and have open conversations where you're not afraid to tell each other things. Secondly, pick a mentor who has the ability to give you perspectives on your career, new perspectives on your career. Find a mentor who will help you respond to the challenges through unique ideas and approaches. This will help broaden your understanding and in the long run will serve you well. And finally, select a mentor whom you will gain from by knowing, being knowledgeable about the low voltage industry and hope you understand the latest developments of installation, certification, and design methods. We are an advantage now more than ever before because Having meetings with a mentor has never been easier. You can go the traditional face-to-face route. You can do phone calls. You can even do virtual meetings. There's absolutely no excuse. No excuse. Another way you can benefit from a mentor program is to be a mentor yourself to somebody else. As Dad always said, in learning you teach, in teaching you learn. I have to do a show just on mentoring because 
We're already running out of time for this episode, and I have only scratched the surface on mentoring. So I hope that I've given you some fodder to chew on. And remember, only you are responsible for the success of your career. Nobody else. Until next time, knowledge is power. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.